This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. All right. Well, hey, welcome to the War Room today, Howie. It's great to have you here, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got quite the illustrious background, man. I, I will say <laughs> that. So, you know, we can unpack a little bit of that. and Maybe you can talk just, sure. to, just to titch about some of that background of yours. Um, and, and just give us a little intro on who is Howie. Give us a yes. who's Howie. <laughs> sure. My name's uh, Howie Zales. I'm from uh, New York, just outside Manhattan. Uh, I grew up here and I li live here now. And, um, you know, I spent 25 years traveling the world, working in the sports entertainment business as a camera operator with NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment. And, uh, you know, I have uh, four kids and a beautiful wife and two dogs. Awesome. There's some Emmys in there too, right? There is an Emmy in there. Yeah, yeah there we, you go. <laughs> yeah. Surprised you don't have it in the background. <laughs> That's not my personality. Yeah, yeah. I got that right off the bat for sure. <laughs> Which is great for sure. But anyway, well, gosh, awesome. It's great to have you on the show. And I always kind of like to start the show off with uh, with a simple question. And that is, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Because obviously you've taken an entrepreneurial journey. So let's unpack that a bit. You know, I never really thought about that question until you and I were talking before before the show. Sure. I'm going to say, no, I didn't come, a family from, come from a family of entrepreneurs. But that said, my father was a salesman and a mm. lot of his salary was based on commission. And I really only started thinking about this in the last five minutes. And I I watched, I grew up watching my father hustle for every sale. And, you know, we live comfortably. So I know he made a good living. And but I saw how hard he worked. And and um to a degree, he was an entrepreneur in that sense. So, you know, I, I know what it takes. Um, I guess I was brought up to know what it takes to become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, no doubt. If, if you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur period. Yeah. Cause if you don't sell, you don't feed yourself. Right. So that's about as entrepreneurial as you can get Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Especially in, in the sales game. And that's a tough life to live too. So, yeah. you know, I, that had to have some kind of influence on you going yeah, down because, your career path. Yeah. If my father had a great day or made a huge sale it was a great night at home uh, and if something big fell through then it, he was upset so i saw how you know the he rode the wave of it and some days he dealt with it better than others but i, I feel like my personality uh i come as more my mom's side of the family so i'm set up right off the bat to deal with that even better mm. yeah yeah Gosh, what got you interested in like the life of camera and and entertainment and sports and all? How did that like 
grab you? Yeah, great question. Um, I wanted to play professional baseball as a kid, but uh, ah. and I did everything possible to make that happen. You know, I went to batting clinics, I went to Bucky Dent's baseball school in Florida, and I play. You know, I, I did everything I could, could, but I knew I needed a backup. And in eleventh uh, grade, there I I needed an elective. There was one one spot in my schedule. And there was um, this class called TV production. And the description was uh, a trip to NBC studios, a tour of NBC studios and Rockefeller center and to watch the TV show being taped. And uh, I'm like, well, how bad could that be an easy a, right. And <laughs> I ended up falling in love with television production. I had a great teacher and uh, I said, I need to, I knew from that time on, I needed to combine my love of baseball and sports and my new passion, you know, television. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. That's, you know, I love, you know, when you talk about high performers, right. Um, there's always a connection between high performers of either, you know, from their, the way they grew up right? Like my dad was a farmer. My mom ran, you know, a couple businesses in town. I was in the military. My family's got a long line of military. And so, but you look at some of that correlation between we, those of that are us that are entrepreneurial, we all have a similar kind of background, right? Right. It's a different story, but I mean, it's very similar on how we were raised or the things we were exposed to or stuff like that. And that's the beauty behind, you know, high performance people. And you got to live in that high performance life, which is what kind of leads us to where you kind of are today. Right. And yeah, because that's a kind of a hat you set down a bit ago, right? How long ago did you set yeah. down the camera hat? Uh, about four years, four years four ago. Years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had I always had my first business, HJZ Productions. Uh, even though I was still a camera operator, I had that for the last twenty something years. Mm. Um, uh, but our new business, Veridity, is only about four and a half years old. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but you know, there, there again, I, I'm sure now that we're through all the crud. I mean, you're, you're positioned perfectly in the market to be where you are right now. Cause nobody wants to do this anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously for podcasts and things like that, but nobody wants to do the virtual stuff as much. And, you know, I'm in control of a, a meetup group here in Boulder, Colorado, and there's just about 8,000 people in that group. And oh, wow. And it kind of died during COVID and, you know, tried to do the virtual event thing and nobody wanted to do it. And the second we did the first live event last night, it was like, because nobody was coming to the virtual stuff anymore. It's like one person would show up. And then we announced, hey, we're doing it live. It was like, oh my God, you know, bam, 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 RSVP, 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 right? Wow. So, you know, I'm kind of interested in how you're, cause you're in the space, right? How, yes. how have you seen it develop over the past, gosh, just few months, probably six months. 
Yeah, it, it, good question. I feel like the um, event world is changed forever. Mm. What I mean by that is, yes, the in-person portion of the events have come back and is starting to, you know, will grow again. But I feel like the virtual part of the event will is forever going to be there. And depending on the type of event is what type of presence I'll have. Is it a concert or some sort of show that can have a paywall put up where if only, you know, 500 people could fit in person, you can have another, you know, million people across the world watching, mm. paying for it through, uh, you know, an online paywall. It's just a way to expand the production or can you have an event that is sponsored by, you know, some big corporations and uh, it's just another way to generate income for whatever type of event it is. If it's a corporate type meeting, you know, it still makes sense to have the um, online or virtual presence of that production because not everyone's going to be able to get there. It still costs a lot of money to bring everyone to location, especially if it's a global company. And uh, it's certainly cheaper and more productive for employees to stay in their home space and still take part in the meeting in a very high productive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if everybody just caught that, but you just got the three ways to make money with a <laughs> <laughs> with an event. So I hope you're paying attention. Number one, live stream around the world in person and the third what was the third what was the third one uh like, like uh a pay um like part sponsorship of the, it's sponsorship sponsorship. Yeah, sponsorship right so if you're planning on getting an event you just got the formula for free folks i mean jesus carmony sakes what more do you want <laughs> and uh you know another way to even drive more uh more income is instead of using it you know having it air on a YouTube or something like that, have it air on your uh, website. Mm. We, our company builds like microsites for, for our clients and you, you control the advertising on your site. And it's just another way to drive your companies uh, or even if it's just an entrepreneur's followers to your site. So you own uh, the followers, not the social platforms on the followers. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I I'm just re really curious, like from your, your perspective and point of view, like the challenges that you see in the space, like right now, what are some, like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to do an event. Right. What are some of the challenges you're seeing that just some of the clients you work with are having. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap, right? <laughs> to, to, there's different levels of productions. Right. Um, and we service all different levels of clients, big fortune 500 companies to, you know, entrepreneurs. So um, it's just knowing your budget, knowing um, what are you trying to achieve with this event? But, still willing to invest in it so it looks good sounds good and comes across good because if it doesn't then you you end up either wasting your time effort money and it could have even a negative impact 
mm. if if you look bad or sound bad. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, because I, I imagine like right now is probably maybe it's not better, but I'm just saying I would think right now, because just locally here, right? There's a lot of people doing events now, live events. And you know, some of those pitfalls that are are happening with events. I mean, we're we're actually planning an event for January and I'm figuring out how hard it is, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty difficult as far as it's not easy to put 500 people in a seat for 500 bucks a crack, right? Right. So it's not as easy as one might think. That's for sure. With all the marketing angles and Facebook and blah, 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 blah. Right. So right. it's challenging. And, you know, had I met you long before this, maybe you would probably be keeping me out of trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a, there's a good note for everybody to take. Don't be like me. <laughs> Talk to Howie first. So, um, yeah, man, no, it's, uh, in, an interesting, you know, how you kind of left one form of entertainment into another, right? Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty much. And is that what really you, you find fuels you the most is, is just the excitement of that or what is it for you? Cause you got like a ton of press badges there behind yeah. you. Yeah. Well, and... I've, I've had the great fortune to travel the world mm -hmm. and I've been to some of the greatest sports and entertainment events uh that there is i've done olympics super bowls kentucky derbies um wrestlemanias uh <laughs> some of the biggest events there are mm. and i'm so fortunate and grateful to have had all those experiences that being said now i'm doing events which is totally different but i've learned a new set of skills and it's a lot easier on my body and uh, it, you know, it, it's fun in its own way. And it's always good to learn and grow and develop new skills and be put in uh, new situations. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Going back like 15 years ago, you had that big old loggy thing on your, <laughs> they're still, the, the cameras are still the same. Still the same. Size. Yeah. Jeez. It's, it's amazing with the advent of, this thing how good it does right yeah. for for uh like 4k and all that kind of stuff that actually shoots some pretty good video yeah <laughs> probably not that kind of video though but not for not for broadcast yeah right for sure well yeah well i know we kind of uncovered some some good little nuggets in that for sure but but for our hard-headed folks in the audience, just business in general, right? Let's just say mm -hmm. business in general. You know, if you could give a couple of tips to a new founder that's coming in the pipe to start a company or even an old dog like you and I, what what's a couple pieces of advice you could give? Yeah, I think the biggest piece, one of the biggest pieces of advice is um, always surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Mm. If, if I am the smartest person in the room, then we are in a big problem. Um, 
and I don't care what the scenario is, what the situation is. I turn to my network and I find to, you know, who can do the, who is smarter than I am, who has done this before? How can I level up what mm-hmm. we are trying to do to make it better? And um, that, you know, I try to live by that in, in business. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good piece of advice. I know every company I've ever started, I've always surrounded myself with people that are much smarter than me. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, or they have all the strengths I don't have. I right. think that's really important to to always look at it from, from that angle. And there's plenty of people out there that, I mean, they shouldn't be CEOs. Right. They're really better off being integrators, right? And, and if you're, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. And, you, you know, as a true entrepreneur, I, I never say no right off the bat. And what I mean by that, here's a story. I had a client that called in the middle of COVID and said that they uh, needed to interview for their client nine different baseball players, major league baseball players in nine different weeks, nine separate weeks. But the caveat is the interviewer couldn't leave her house it had to be fully virtual and he said can you do that and i said yeah of course we can and so he said great send me an estimate and long story short we had to create nine 30 minute shows fully virtual not leaving my house and i called my wife i said jenny this is what i agreed to she said do you know how to do that i said no i have no idea So I, I turned to my network of people that are smarter than yeah. me and we came up with a, a, a solution and, you know, you just have to, if I would have said, no, I can't do that. I would have shut off a, a huge chunk of business right from the start. Mm. So you always got to be willing and to say yes at first. And if it can't be figured out a little bit down the line or whatever, the power of no is 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 important, but you mm. never want to come off with no first. Yeah, that's a huge point and a really big lesson right there. Because, I mean, no is the end, and right. I've I've had the the philosophy of I try not to use no much as much. Obviously, if somebody asks me to jump off a bridge, I'm not going to say no. Right. But in business, right. It's yes, is always going to be the right answer because, and then you go to work. Right. And if you can't figure it out, well, then you come back and talk to the client and say, look, I, I, you know, we tried to put the whole solution together for you. We just couldn't make it happen. Um, So you're going to have to find somebody else. No harm, no foul. Right. I mean, exactly. We've done, I've learned my lesson. I've gotten burned where I've tried to mm-hmm. fit a round hole in a square peg or whichever <laughs> way you say that. Yeah. And where the client didn't have enough money to do something, we tried to make it work. And because it there wasn't enough money, it, it just got, the project got messed up. And we end up looking bad because we tried to make it work. So uh, we'll say yes at first. We'll we'll see what we can do. We'll and when we put the budgets together and there's just not enough money there, we'll say, well, this is what we can do for that. Otherwise, no, thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, that's important too. I mean, time is money, right? Mm-hmm. And 
I get people every day. They're like, Oh, can we just have a call? And you know, can, can you just do a couple consulting sessions and help me out? I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not. And that isn't because I don't love you. Right. Right. It's because I don't have a 501 C three behind my company name. (laughs) So, so, you know, we all have to value our time and know when to say when, or when to, we all have our philanthropic things we do. Right. But, but I've been in those situations that you're talking about where it's like, yeah, maybe I can make that work. And then it doesn't quite work out like you want it to. And, and then you kind of got to go the other way. So it's like, you just suck it up, take the hit just to make the customer happy. I've been in those situations way too many times and I don't get myself there anymore. After right. 20 plus years, it's like, nope, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, I know we just talked about say yes to everything, but the power of no is mm-hmm. just as important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, well, hey, how do people get a hold of you, Howie, if, if they want to talk about putting events together, doing all the things you do in your superpower? Where do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm uh, on LinkedIn at Howard Zales or uh, my website, HowieZales.com. And then you could reach all of our websites from there. But our event business is uh, Veridity Entertainment Services, VeridityEntertainment.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I always love to round out the show with the, the really the big question of the show. And that is, if if you could have had anybody here. Howie, any point in time, dead or alive, doesn't matter. Who would have you loved to have here to either listen in, watch, contribute, whatever the case may be, and why them? Yeah, I think um, for a 16-year-old kid, that's how old I was, uh, I had a super, super close relationship with my grandparents, Mm -hmm. and I think they would have been really proud of what i've achieved and done from my family to my business so uh having the three of them here would have been you know would have been great yeah it's an awesome answer it's a heartfelt one (laughs) for sure well well hey howie gosh great conversation if people didn't get some lessons out of that they just weren't listening so if you didn't rewind listen again and let it go ahead and smack you in the head. So, um, Howie, great to have you on the show. Thanks for being in the war room with me today. I always say we all have the same 168 hours a week. Thanks for stopping by here and taking 30 with me. I'm very honored. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers, my friend. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.